Welcome to the Teeth and Toes podcast. I'm Dr. Curtis Westerson, and I'm a dentist who treats TMJ problems. Now, Teeth to Toes is a podcast where we ask healthcare providers about the uh, around the world, healthcare providers around the world, to answer questions asked about the teeth, the jaws, the body, and how they all work together. Um, many, many people have jaw, TMJ, and neck pain. And there's a lot of confusion amongst dentists and patients um, how to treat, how to get treated for these various problems. This podcast is for both TMJ sufferers and healthcare providers, including medical doctors and dentists who offer care for those who have TMJ-related issues. To keep the podcast from being a old dentist rambling on, like right now, I'm going to be joined by a great co-host, Kira Shulton. Welcome, Kira. Hello, happy to be here. Kira is a great friend and is really interested in the way the body functions as a lay per- from a layperson perspective. She's here to keep me from uh, nerding out on stuff. And I actually think uh, she knows our first guest, uh, who happens to be a fantastic upper cervical or upper neck chiropractor, uh, Dr. Jeff Schulten. Is, is that right, Kira? Have yeah, I do know that guy. Yeah, I did. I, I met him many moons ago, liked him so much I married him. Ah, you guys are husband and wife. Okay. <laughs> uh, that would, that's going to help. So <laughs> now many people are going to ask, why would a dentist be interested in things past the teeth? Uh, I mean, a dentist should just be interested in the 32 little pearly white teethies. And the TMJ is part of the lower jaw, which is kind of makes it a dental thing. So why the interest in the neck? I mean, for goodness sakes, um, patients want to have, uh, and dentists want to have a simple fix for these problems. Something like a pill or maybe an injection, something quick and easy. But sometimes things are more complex and we have to seek out other healthcare providers. Is that right, Kara? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I've been working with Jeff for a long time. We've uh, been in practice, uh, his, him, him in the back and me in the front for um, over 20 years. And we've seen a lot of people come in and yeah, people just want quick solutions if possible. I wish, I wish we could, uh, and I know you wish the same thing. We all wish we could give that to somebody. Um, but sometimes the body's a little more complicated than that. It needs a little bit more help than just one person can give. That's absolutely right. And that brings me to having a very special guest with us today. This doctor has been a friend and an integral part of my TMJ practice for over two decades. He's been a mentor, not only for me, but for dentists and healthcare providers around the world. He holds a diplomat status in chiropractic medicine. He's been the past president of the National Upper Cervical Chiropractic Association, or Nuka, and he's been involved in a whole bunch of chiropractic associations. Um, he has taught me a lot. I, as a dentist, wouldn't know anything without Jeff's input, and um, the work we've done together for the last 20 plus years has 
made me up my game of anatomy, neurology, physiology, the body, and all of its interactions. And if you asked our wives, if we would say that at a barbecue, our families tends to see us drifting toward problems that we see every day, that's kind of the nerd thing that I do with Jeff. And hopefully <laughs> Kira's gonna be there to help bring us back to the level of normal people. So without further ado, Jeff Schulten, welcome to the Teeth to Toes podcast. Well, thank you both for having me. It's a, it's a real pleasure to be here with you today. So Jeff, I have a lot of patients that come to me and I recommend that they have their neck assessed uh, just as much as I would be assessing their jaw. And they've been given information about not to go to a uh, chiropractor of any sort. Their medical doctors are saying, oh no, don't go to, their medical doctors are saying, oh no, don't go to a chiropractor. They may have this impression that chiropractors aren't somebody that's a, like a real doctor. Can you speak to me about that and inform us about what type of chiropractic medicine that you perform and how that's a help to our patients? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, chiropractors aren't medical doctors, just as dentists and podiatrists aren't medical doctors. And there's a lot of different types of uh, clinicians out there that I think are necessary for patients to get, to get the results that they're looking for. The challenge sometimes is that as you know, none of us learn about each other's professions in school. And so sometimes people go outside of their scope of, of real true understanding and might make recommendations about not seeing this practitioner or, or this other practitioner. You know, I, for one, um, never would suggest that a colleague of mine who's educated in the chiropractic world would tell a person when or when not to see a dentist or when or when not to see a medical practitioner. So I think if, if, you have a, if you're a patient um, and... Uh, one of your health practitioners is telling you not to see another healthcare practitioner. I just think you should ignore their advice. I, I don't think that's great advice. So seek out um, seek out some friends that maybe have seen that type of practitioner and find a good one because, like everything, there are people who are who are really really into what they're doing and um, and are really fantastic and hopefully will give you a great experience. And and people who aren't. And so I hope. Uh, all of our listeners here always find great practitioners for themselves to to be able to be to be able to be helped by. I got well. I got two questions. Uh, one question is, why would a medical doctor um, warn a patient about seeing a chiropractor? What is it about their profession that's so different from my experience? Yeah, well, your experience in speaking with them is really different than, than my experience in, in speaking with patients because, of course, I have a biased sample. I have people who are actually coming in to see me. But I do have people who are scared to see me, of course, because um, chiropractors' uh, interventions will, will sometimes involve um, adjusting the neck in a way that would be termed maybe a manipulation by some, and so a, a crack or a pop of the neck, and that can be scary for people. And so I think medical doctors, they're people too, and, uh, and they might be scared of that. They might not understand it, and, uh, and they might un not understand the training that a chiropractor has. You know, most chiropractors, they're going to go to university for a few years. Um, 
maybe finish their undergraduate degree before going to chiropractic college. And then typically chiropractic college is, is a four or five year degree, depending on where you're going. So four or five academic years. And so chiropractors have a lot of education and a lot of training to know when to employ the techniques that they use and when not to. So if you found a good chiropractor, the best person to ask if you need to be uh, intervened with or how you need to be intervened with is, is probably that chiropractor. But in the field of chiropractic, there's a lot of different types of procedures. And so the, um, the majority of chiropractors do similar procedures, but there are also a lot of distinguishing variables. And without making this kind of a podcast that's educating completely on all the different kinds of chiropractic, you know, one kind of chiropractic that I do uh, is upper cervical chiropractic. And as you mentioned, I have a diplomate in chiropractic craniocervical junction procedures, and I'm really involved with that um, subset of my profession. I teach in it, and I uh, am taught by it, and so we try to learn as much as we can about the head and neck. And we can't really separate the head and neck from the bite because the upper teeth are connected to the head. And so the only way to move the upper teeth is to move the head. And so when we're talking about the TMJ, we've got the temporomandibular joint and the temple part is part of the skull and the skull connects to the upper neck. And if the upper neck's been injured, then the skull can be crooked or your head could be maybe not on straight. And if that's the case, then the T part of the TMJ maybe needs to be controlled as well. And Curtis, we've talked a lot about that over the years, haven't we? We certainly have. Kira, yes, they have. I'm, gonna, I, <laughs> I'm going to uh, tell you something that I tell my patients, and that is in the uh, 43 years that I've been a dentist, I have never had a patient to come in to me with just their head. They always come in <laughs> with their head connected to their neck, to the connected right. to their torso, and some assortment of limbs, typically four, uh, but I'm not prejudiced against any less limbs. I've never seen more than four, now that I think of it. But anyway, the point is, they always come in all connected. That's and true. And I think that's probably what Jeff is referring to. I think that's what he's getting to, yeah. Your teeth don't just come in floating by themselves. No, no, and I've never had anybody bring in their head uh, by their, you know, their significant other brings their head in in a bucket. <laughs> or something it's always connected um so jeff this whole upper neck thing head thing is pretty important for patients health kira i don't know if you know this but in the 43 years i've been a dentist i have never had one patient not, not even one patient that has come in without their jaws attached to their head, their head attached to their neck, their neck attached to their torso, and some assortment of limbs. T typically four. I'm mm -hmm. not prejudiced about how many limbs. I've never had anybody with five. That would be interesting. But um, nobody's so you've ever never had, had anybody walk in with their, with, their, with their tooth in their hand and say, can you fix your to my tooth for me? Yes, or probably more practical with their head in a bucket brought in by their significant <laughs> other saying, Fix them. Um, <laughs> so I've never had that happen before. So head and neck being attached is kind of universal, I think, for everybody. Is that right, Jeff? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I've never seen a patient uh, without 
their head connected to their body by their neck. You're, you're absolutely right about that, Curtis. And <laughs> yeah, that's why we think it's such a vital and complex area, you know, that just deserves dedicated attention. And so that's, that's where we focus when we're dealing with the upper cervical spine and nuca, is how that connection of the head and neck, how it, how it relates to the rest of the body. You know, the neck is really responsible for the tone of the body. So a lot of chiropractors, they deal primarily with joint functional mobility and, and they help lots of people doing that, getting joints moving. And, and motion of the body really starts in the pelvis. Radovinsky and the spinal engine, he, um, he showed how motion starts in the pelvis, but the tone of the body starts in the neck. As you can, as you can tell by, if you were to catastrophically fracture your low back, your legs wouldn't work. And if you were to do the same thing to your neck, if you were to really injure your neck badly, your arms and your legs wouldn't work. So there's sort of a, a downstream effect. And so when you have an injury to your head and neck, that causes all sorts of imbalances in the rest of the body from a, from a reflexive uh, relationship. And, uh, and that creates postural asymmetry in patients. And, you know, when you and I first met, Curtis, that was the big thing that, that, uh, that I didn't know. I didn't know how much the bite also was influencing the head and neck and also influencing posture. That's what got, brought me to the first dental conference where we met for the first time 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago. So Jeff, share, share with That's us. That's weird because you guys are only 29. Yeah, we're, thank you, thank you. That is a strange, uh, that is, yeah, it's yeah. kindergarten. We're not getting older. <laughs> but Jeff, share with me, I remember this very, very, I was, sta I was sitting, um, I believe on your left side and I turned to you, what did I tell you at that dental, the first time we'd ever met, what did I tell you at that dental conference? Well, there was a nice dentist who I'd met uh, from Seattle who introduced me to the one Calgary attendee, Dr. Westerson. He said, Yo, you'll like this guy. And uh, so he, he, he introduced us. He said, Dr. Shulton, Dr. Westerson, Dr. Westerson, Dr. Shulton. And you said, oh, very nice to meet you, Dr. Shulton. How does it feel never to treat the cause of anybody's anything? I think it was something like that. What a nice guy. Uh, well, Kira, Kira, you had to understand that um, <clears throat> dentists, dentists have egos. <laughs> and unfortunately, our egos, maybe you've experienced this because you've known me for a while, dental egos tend to be very fragile. So when I meet somebody as impressive as your husband, I had to <laughs> take a little jab at him to right. begin with. <laughs> Knock him down a little, yeah. Well, but, so what was interesting about that is that the, the, there's a classic here it took a long time ago that said when somebody kind of disagrees with you, try to find out more about their perspective because they're, maybe they have something that they can teach you about their perspective. And so, so I, I don't know if you remember what I said to you, but I said, oh, Dr. Rush, so that's a very interesting perspective. Can you please explain that to me? <laughs> And you did a good job of that. You I said, well, when somebody grinds down their teeth, right? right? Their head goes forward to get air. Right. And when their head goes forward because their head's heavy, it stresses their neck and back and joints get stuck. And so chiropractors go in and pop and crack the joints was your perspective at that time. And uh, it, what you really needed to do was get the head back over top of the shoulders. And so little did you know how much we agreed on that final piece of your conclusion it, it was it was love at first sight I got to admit that uh, uh, you kind of did impress me at that point in time um, 
Now, so Curtis, can I can I ask a question yeah. from from an outsider's perspective here? So yeah. after meeting Jeff at the at the dental conference, you guys started collaborating. And so, what have you seen um, since understanding more about how chiropractic, this type of chiropractic, has 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 helped? What have you seen with patients since you've started sort of noticing this? What what? So what I found, and again, this goes back to a dentist ego, and I kind of had to swallow mine because what I found was that a lot of what I did with teeth was merely to support what Jeff did with the head and neck. So if he got stability, some of that stability was able to be maintained because there was not these interferences in the bite. So Jeff has solved problems for me, patients with chronic pain, patients that can open, um, patients with, with migraine headaches, and back pain, lower back pain, numbness in their hands, just a litany of things that I thought would be difficult for me to fix that Jeff fixed instantaneously, and I was just there to help support him. Um, Jeff, what what do you have to say about that? Yeah, well, I think it's a great question from Karen. I'd love to hear it from you too, because I think that um, the exact opposite is true too. I think in our professions, we end up learning so much about what we're doing and we don't learn about maybe how other professions can collaborate and can, and can help us. And over the last 20 years, we've been able to see um, many times where I haven't been able to get a patient stabilized and it's a bite issue. And so to have them be able to go to you and get your work um, and get a, a foundation for the bite because they're chewing and swallowing all day long. And, uh, and if the neck is being stressed by them chewing and swallowing, then it's really hard for me to get the kind of sustainable improvement that I want to get. And that's really been what I've been telling my colleagues for the last 20 years is, hey, this, um, this bite thing really has the potential to influence what we're seeing in our patients day to day. Find yourself a dentist that you can collaborate with so that in those patients who need the, the extra help, um, that, you can, that you can have somebody you can rely on to, to help you out. And, uh, and it's for the best interests of the patients. It's the best interests of us as clinicians, for our professions. It's, uh, it's just been a wonderful collaboration for the last 20 years, 20 plus years. Um, it, it has, it has been a, a great collaboration. Um, one question that I think everybody would like to know is you work with the upper neck. Um, a lot of chiropractors work with the whole body, but there are different ways that you treat patients than say a, um, a full spine chiropractor or a, um, uh, some other type of manipulation that could take place. Um, what, what is, besides chiropractors, what's the other type of professional that deals with back alignment or spine alignment? Well, I mean, there's a lot of different professionals. In the medical world, there's physiatrists that would be the people, and the physiotherapists spend a lot of time on, on spine and back complaints. And there's osteopathic physicians and practitioners that also uh, involve themselves a lot with spinal health. And, and so, yeah, you know, it's an interesting situation when you talk about limiting your practice to something, because 
again, your practice is mostly limited to the teeth and the bite, and, and yet you recognize that the teeth and the bite don't walk in by themselves, that there's a body behind that and there's a head that it's connected to, and that's a big part of the point that you're making. And, and so when I'm dealing with the upper neck exclusively, I'm checking leg lengths, I'm feeling back, so I'm, I'm looking at things, and you know, none of us can help anybody with everything. So if we recognize what we're able to bring to the table, and then we could recognize maybe what other pieces of the puzzle are necessary for that patient, which I think you're exceptional at doing, by the way, Curtis. Um, then you can curate a team with that patient uh, that can can help the patient find the solution that they're looking for. Because again, if the solution's simple, then we all are happy for the patient and we're happy for ourselves. You know, if all I have to do is a little adjustment to the neck and it's simple, uh, we're, we're happy. We're, the patient's happy. You're happy if all you have to do is a little adjustment to the teeth and, and everything's balanced and there's nothing else going on. You know, there, I don't think there's many practitioners that aren't happy about that if they're, what they're interested in is the well-being of their patients. But the problem is that the average person I see has 10 or 11 chief complaints and is chronic and the dysfunction is multifaceted and throughout the body. And so I don't think patients need to have only one chiropractor. I don't think patients necessarily need to have one dentist. I think that, that if the chiropractors and the dentists that are involved can collaborate and understand what each other are doing, then it makes a big difference. And I'm dealing with the upper neck, as you said, and that's the scary part. That's what we're sort of talking about this episode, is people are scared to have their neck adjusted. And so they're scared of having strokes. There's been associations over the years of strokes in chiropractic care. But those associations have been mostly proven to be not causal associations, but time-based associations. Somebody's having a stroke, they go to the chiropractor, they get adjusted, and then that stroke continues. And so in large studies that have been done to investigate this, this question was widely put to bed in about 2016, where they saw that people would have the same kind of strokes after seeing their medical practitioners as they would after seeing their chiropractors, meaning that it probably wasn't the manipulations or the chiropractic adjustments that were causing the strokes. It was probably more that the person had some underlying condition that continued to progress, but that created headaches and numbness and dizziness and different symptoms um, that weren't recognized by the practitioner prior to the intervention. So you don't have to be scared of your chiropractor. Uh, anybody who thinks that chiropractors are causing strokes is typically dealing with old information. Now that research continues to evolve and chiropractors want to understand it as much as anybody else because we're here to help people, not to hurt people. Now, so okay, I hope that kind of addresses a little bit of that, Curtis. That does address it. Um, so Kira, you talk to patients that are calling the office. Um, one thing I think we should clarify is um, what are the cervical vertebrae? Because do you get patients phoning and they don't know why they're, you know, what part of their spine is being treated or what Yes, some people do actually think it's just for women with <laughs> upper cervical. We have to what? clarify that. Yeah. So it is the cervical spine and both men and women have it. So we treat everyone. <laughs> and, so. and where is the cervical spine? What, where is it? Yeah, on the, body. the first seven, the first seven bones of your neck. 
Okay. But okay. but uh, in our office, uh, the Jeff and the other chiropractor Milan, they they just are just at the very top of it. So I think you're palpating them all, right, Jeff? But really only dealing mostly with the the top the top ones. So Jeff, can you explain what is a nuca adjustment or manipulation versus say some of the other manipulations that are possible? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the nuclear set of procedures is is a um, is a, a way of doing things where we do an image guided adjustment to the upper neck to try to realign the head on the neck, and so we take some images before we adjust the first time, and then we try to calculate how mathematically things are supposed to go using levers and vectors and things like that, fancy things like angles and and uh, and forces. And, um, and then we try to deliver an adjustment, which is not a manipulation, um, down an angle that we've calculated should work for that patient. And then afterwards, we take another x-ray to see if it did work and, and what part of it worked and, uh, and make sure that the person responded the way we expected them to respond. And if not, then we adapt what we're doing and customize it to that person. So the first intervention for us is really about figuring out how to adjust a person. And our adjustment, when you're doing the nuca adjustment, it kind of feels like having your pulse taken. It's, it's the same thing that happens when you hit a golf ball well or you hit a baseball well. You don't really feel it. If you shank it, it hurts, but we don't shank them. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a very nice experience for the patient, typically. Um, I've, uh, Kira, do you ever describe it as the nuca tickle? Because sometimes... <laughs> That's a lot of people, a lot of patients come out saying that it, it feels like voodoo magic because it really, it's a very uh, underwhelming adjustment in that it, it literally, you're like, what are you guys doing there? It feels like you're not doing anything and it's really, really remarkable. You see the pa patients come out and they're just, they're a little confused, but extremely happy. <laughs> now, Jeff, does every chiropractor um, know what NUCA does? Is it is it common knowledge of how you treat versus, say, a more manipulation of the joint? Do people understand that in your profession? Yeah, it's kind of uncommon knowledge, Curtis. I think you know more about it than the majority of chiropractors do. Um, when I was choosing a school to go to, I, I, I was really impressed with the NUCA procedures as an undergraduate student, and so I decided that that was something that I wanted to learn and investigate. And there are a few schools in North America that, that teach this procedure, and so if you're somebody who wants to learn about it, then you should uh, reach out to a Nuka chiropractor in your area and find out who's teaching it at the moment. But there's, there's a number of colleges, five in the United States that teach it, but currently there's no international chiropractic colleges that teach it. Chiropractic is spreading around the world, but the scope of practice for a lot of chiropractors doesn't involve taking x-ray. And so in Europe, for instance, none of the schools teach techniques such as Nuka yet. But we're hoping to change that someday so that they can have these uh, very precise forms of chiropractic to, that their uh, patients can benefit from as well. And precise is exactly what, what I love to get from you because we have to make the bite precise and we can make a bite to somebody like this or we can make a bite to somebody like this. Which would a patient want? It becomes quite obvious to the patient, I think. Um, mm -hmm. that you're a very precise part of this. So 
this has been a great conversation. Jeff, I want to have more conversations with you, and hopefully, Kira, you can be my guest host. Um, sure. But there's a whole bunch of specific symptoms and things that I don't think a lot of people understand. And it's going to be really great if um, we can have uh, more of these. Are you guys up for more of these little talks? Yep, I'm in. Love to. Thank you ever so much. And um, I just want to say this is from the Teeth to Toes podcast, part of TMJ.today, where we're trying to educate both patients and dentists about some of the options of treatment that can be available and how they would help. And I really want to thank you for listening in. And I really want to thank you, Jeff, and you, Kira, for assisting me in getting this done. I think it's going to be a great help for people. Excellent. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you very much from Teeth to Toes.